What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Forgotten Jesus Podcast. My name's Andrew Bolton with Robbie and Candy Gowdy. So, Pastor, at the recording of this podcast, it is officially one year since we launched the podcast. Can you believe it? Wow. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I have learned so much in the past year, so thank you for that. Nobody Mm -hmm. thought we'd make it this far. I knew we would make it this far. What are you talking about? We didn't think we'd make it. Nah, I knew. I thought we'd make it. Yeah. No, and we're just getting started. We are just getting started. And speaking of getting started, today we're getting started talking about the birth and dedication of Jesus. Yes, yes. So uh, for those who are journeying with us, we kind of did the birth narrative out of order for Christmas. And so you just have to make sure you go with the scripture references. Today, we're going to be in Luke chapter 2, verse 25, and we're almost through season two, which is going to- believe it. Yeah, we're going to put a a comma on season two as we go into season three or or colon or- or Robert's holding up his hand. Are we in season three right now? No, we're in season three. Oh, I don't know. I don't I, know. I've got season three you already. Did, not yeah, you, you, you correct me. No, season three, we're going to go in season four. That's sorry. Right. So um, let's read Luke chapter two, verse 25. We're going to read about Simeon and Anna. And I'm telling you today, there's some nuggets here that I'm learning still just piecing things together. It's just unbelievable. Okay, let's read Luke chapter two, Candy, verse 25. Obviously, I'll stop you along the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, not you. Not me. Okay. And no, not you will have. I got a, I got a question. The boys think that, by the way, the boys think that is the funniest thing. We have an over and over under to see how long we can get into the podcast before. And I'll say, what do you think? Can you say, I, I got a question. And then, and then it's rabbit trail hunting from there. Okay. Go, Sandy. Sorry. Okay. All right. Verse 25. There was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to Israel's consolation. Okay, now that's key. We'll come back to that. Just underline that in your Bible study notes. Looking forward to Israel's consolation. Keep going. Okay. And the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he saw the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, he entered the temple. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to perform for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him up in his arms, praised God, and said... Okay, now stop there. I want you to notice up to this point, how many times we saw the word Holy Spirit, guided by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit was on him, the Holy Spirit spoke to him. Mm. This, is, this is abnormal mm. language. Right. Because remember, there have been in 400 years of silence, 491 years without uh, the, the presence, uh, without the, the, the place of God, the Ark of the Covenant, 498 years roughly without the... The the uh, the presence of God and so God's gone and yet here we go here we go right out the gate the Holy Spirit is working he's speaking right. he's acting he's appearing and so we see this this kind of contrast from the past so would this have been like a foreign feeling to him like I know when the Holy Spirit's working in my life I know when the Holy Spirit's prompting me mm-hmm. yeah. So would he recognize this as, oh, this is something different? Yeah, that's an interesting question. So, uh, and I'll just give a, a little insight here so we know. There's a, there's one major difference, uh, or there's a couple, but one major difference between the Holy Spirit post-resurrection uh, right. and pre-resurrection, mm-hmm. right? P- uh, Old Testament, New Testament, you can think about it. In the Old Testament, God's Spirit, he would send upon his people or his person or his representative for a purpose. Right. Here's the key word intermittently, Mm -hmm. intermittently or intermittently. He would send his Holy Spirit upon David. He would send his Holy Spirit upon Gideon, send his Holy Spirit upon Elijah, and then he would take it away, which is why David would say repeatedly, and he said this in a psalm, do not not take your 
Holy Spirit from me. Right. Now, a New Testament Christian, we don't say that. Right. Because after Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit descended, the major difference when we confess our sins, Jesus is our once and for all Savior, uh, Redeemer, one of the things God does is not only secures our spot in heaven for eternity, but he fills us, consumes us with his Holy Spirit. So right. it's not intermittently he resides within right. us. Now, to answer your question is, well, I have a Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit in me, but I don't always sense him or feel him or, or know he's there. There's a lot of reasons for that, but one of the things is just because God's present doesn't mean his presence is palpable. Mm -hmm. And one of the ways we live in a way that is contrary to that or pushes away or repels right. the Holy Spirit is how? The, pre the, the power and the presence and the, the manifest presence. We'll sin. We'll sin. sin. Yeah. We'll yeah. sin. We yeah. quench. We quench, we grieve right. the spirit. We read all this in the Bible. So, but yeah, to answer your question, I think this is a guess, but I think this would have been abnormal for him, but it was so profound that the text says he knew mm -hmm. he was not going to what? Die. Right. Like he knew, I'm going to, I mean, that's a profound statement. So you got to, I mean, you're either crazy or you're convinced. Right. Hey, man, I'm, I know I'm old, but I'm not going to die, guys, until I see the Holy Spirit. Right. And so he he was certain of that, so it was abnormal, I would say, in that sense. Okay. I have a question. <laughs> Bingo. There we go. Question. Bingo, Carl. It's probably not going to be a major yeah, question. We don't ever, our timer's not working. So okay, you've got time. Okay. okay, that's all right. So it says, when the parents brought in the child Jesus. Ooh. So how old is Jesus? Do we know? Yeah. Uh, this is not, this is not uh, newborn. What I was reading today is, is is about 40 days old. So he's about 40 days old at this time. I was thinking about that when you were reading. Yeah, so he's not brand newborn. He's not a, a little baby. I mean, he's not a, a newborn. I mean, he's a month old if he, he's 40 he's days. He's 40 days old, yeah. He's bringing him over, as was the custom though. to the Lord and going through the, the practices, yeah. That's what uh, I was trying to find where I was reading that at. But he, he's he's not newborn, but he's a month or two old. So he's in there. So he takes this little child up and he sees. And what's interesting is you'll notice what he says about Jesus. But go ahead. Uh, read what he says. Uh, verse 29. Watch this. Now, Master, you can dismiss your servant in peace as you promised. For my eyes have seen your salvation. Now, stop here. For my eyes have seen your salvation. In English, we just read that as your salvation. But in Hebrew, what he, he, what he would have said was, my eyes have seen Yeshua. Mm. Wow. Because you remember, Jesus' name is, is salvation. salvation. That's a pretty cool play on words in Hebrew. But go ahead. Keep going. You have prepared it in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and glory to your people Israel. Mm. His father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and told his mother Mary. Okay, let's stop there. We don't, we don't need a rest. We, we, I mean, we could, but we, we, we got enough, I promise you. Okay. Yep. In the four verses, when Simeon speaks publicly, 29, 30, 31, 32, he's going to quote, guess how many, guess how many Old Testament references? Take a guess. Well, let me think here. Let me give you the answer for time. Four. Okay, four is good. Four and four. That's a good guess. Nine. Well, nine. Add them together, we're still wrong. Yeah. Genesis 46, 30, Psalm 119. He's going to quote from Genesis 49 and verse 30. He's going to quote from Isaiah 52, Psalm 98. He's going to quote from Isaiah 49. He just quotes scripture. So this is a man who knows the word, waiting for the Lord. Now, the key principle I want to teach on now, which is not said in the text, but it's implied in the text, and there's a clue 
right out the gate that I told you, underline this, circle this. Right, right, right. Remember this? Yeah. The word consolation. So let's just camp out there for a moment. Notice what it says. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to Israel's consolation. Okay, let's just unpack that. What do you mm. think that means? If you're listening, well, you can think about it. when I think of consolation, I think of a consolation prize. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You didn't make it, yeah. but here's, here's uh, an upward here's award. Instead. Yeah, here's yeah. an award just for trying out. No, consolation in this instance means the bringing together or the uniting of Israel through God's Messiah. This is what they believe. So the consolation of Israel is God promised in the Old Testament that he would bring peace to Israel and that he would take away their trouble. He would protect them. He would console them. Consolation, he would console them and he would give shalom mm -hmm. to the land through the Messiah. Now, why is that an odd line to say? Because everyone wasn't looking forward to that. Mm. Many people had forgotten God. They're like, we hadn't seen God in years. Well, generations have generations. lived in silence. 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 Many had forgotten about him. Many had thrown in the towel. Many had said, God's not even. I mean, look at the corruption of the priesthood. Look at the mm -hmm. corruption of the, look at the Romans. Look at the, the Greek influence. Okay. I mentioned that Israel's consolation is a key, and it's a connection to an Old Testament passage that is literally pregnant with messianic insight. Do you want to take a guess? I'll narrow it down. It's one of the prophets of the Old Testament. Do you know who it is? I don't. What did you what did you ask? <laughs> I'm still Wait, in the I'm She's looking. on Instagram right now. What is what's going on right now? <laughs> no, I'm just She so, needs to be on chat GPT no, with you now. I'm just so intrigued. I'm so intrigued that he it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that okay. he would not see death yeah, before that, this. Happened. Yeah, don't anyway, get that's good, sorry. but I, I I almost got off so on that's that why in I my study. No, no. Okay, so let me just speed it up for us for time. Oh. This is a reference the consolation idea. Where is consolation oh, what promised? God consoling, comforting his people. Where is the verse that they would think of for consolation? It's from the prophet Isaiah. Mm. You ready for this? 40, verse one. Okay, turn with me in Isaiah 40, verse one, if you have an Old Testament. If not, Candy will get there. It's a reference to Isaiah 40, verse one. Now, let me just tell you, Isaiah 40 is a verse that most Christians need to know pretty fluently. We need to have a handle on this verse because there's so much here that you're, you're going to see. And I want to show you how it starts. So read verses one and two, and I want to okay. show you the consolation promise. It says, comfort, comfort my people, says your God. There you go. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and announce to her that her time of hard service is over. Her iniquity has been pardoned, and she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. Okay, so that's the promise. Now, let's put it contextually. Whenever we study a passage, we have to understand where the people were and what did the passage mean to those hearing it. What did they get from there? Like, we naturally will say, well, that's what Simeon was talking about in the New Testament. But let's go back to Isaiah. Where are the people he's speaking to when this passage is spoken or these words are spoken by God? In Isaiah exile? or which one? In Isaiah. Yeah. They're in exile where? Babylon. Babylon. They're in Babylon. They've been taken out of the land of Israel, living in captivity. Why? Because they have worshiped foreign gods and they have put their strength in them and they have worshiped foreign kings. They're in a foreign country and they have refused to trust in the Lord. They've done it in their own strength, not God's strength. But God is promising to these people, you stiff-necked people who have turned your back on me, I am not abandoning you. I'm not going to abandon you. I'm going to comfort you. And by the way, the very next thing he says is, 
I'm going to promise to you something, mm-hmm. that if you do this, I will send my glory and all the people will see it. Verse three, watch this, the very next thing we like navigate into. Okay. You're gonna, you're gonna know this one well. A voice of one crying mm. out, prepare the way of the Lord in the wilderness. Here we go. Make a straight highway for our God in the desert. Every valley will be lifted up and every mountain and hill will be leveled. The uneven ground will become smooth and the rough places a plain. And the glory of the Lord will appear and all humanity together will see it for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Okay. So what he's saying is you have turned, but listen, but listen, I'm not abandoning you, abandoning you. In fact, I'm going to send my glory through a forerunner, a messenger who prepares the way Mm -hmm. for my coming, which Mm -hmm. is interesting. Now we know this from past episodes, but who there are two people that took this verse literally and actually prepared the way of the Lord practically in what they did and right. how they lived. Okay, the first one we know pretty well. John the Baptist. John the Baptist. That's right. the It'll easy be. one. And in season four, by the way, not three, but four, you're going to love this. We're going to get into John the Baptist and his Halloween, in a sense, dress-up costume, right. standing in the wilderness, eating a certain diet to point to the old. It's going to be amazing. Tell me which episode that'll be, and I will dress that way. And I will eat Here we go. locusts Locus and honey, honey. Yes. Oh, no. live yes. on the podcast. No, don't I've, they have locusts? We have to get I'll Andrew. No, I think p- people want to see this. We have to get you one of those candied locust candy. You know what I'm talking about? You can get them like- If you order it, Pastor, Yucky, yucky. I will try it. Robert, put that on the notes. I said if you but, order it. Right, put that on Robert. notes for me to order. For me to, I even might eat it with you. Okay, let's go. If, it was good enough for John. It's good That's enough right. for us, right? Okay, the first one was John the Baptist. I'll eat the honey part. Because <laughs> you're because you're sweet like candy. Okay, but anyway, so do we have we have John the Baptist, <laughs> and then we have another sect or group of people who took this verse seriously and believed that if they moved to the desert and lived in. Uh, a place of isolation, sweltering heat, sand in their face, no water accessible at times, that God would show up. Uh, Who are those people? Yeah. Andrew? Who are you thinking, Candy? The Essenes. <laughs> I love Andrew. I, love I mean, that's it. I mean, that's that is what I was thinking. Rick, Rick says his favorite thing that Andrew does is says, what do you think, Candy? What do you think? Right? He, he said that just makes the whole podcast. Fun. Okay. No, you're right. It's the Essenes. Yeah, so the Essenes you. by the Dead Sea. And, and I'll show you an interesting connection. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna go down the rabbit trail of was John the Baptist an Essene? Mm. That's a whole nother discussion. Season four, by the way. Okay. So John the Baptist takes this verse and says, this is me. Okay, I'm the forerunner. So if you go through this verse, which is really the promise of the consolation of God, Simeon knew this chapter, John the Baptist knew this chapter, the Essenes knew this chapter. Let's go to the greatest promise of the chapter that most Christians know. Most Christians know this verse. You may not know the last one. Go to verse 28, and I want you to read through verse 31. And this one is going to really bring this to life for us. Okay. Okay. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is everlasting, is the everlasting God, the creator of the whole earth. He never becomes faint or weary. There is no limit to his understanding. Okay, so he's setting up here to say, okay, this is who God is. He doesn't get tired. He doesn't wear out. He's limitless. So, so he sets who God is, and then he sets this to, to say this. Watch this. He gives strength to the faint and strengthens the powerless. 
Youths may become faint and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who trust in the Lord will renew their strength. Here it is. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not become weary. They will walk and not faint. Okay, here it is. Is that not a familiar verse? Mm -hmm. Now, we know it as those who what? Not trust in the Lord. The CSB is trying to transliterate and explain what the word means because it's more than just wait and they're giving us a clue. I love that about the CSB. But the word wait, I'm going to use as an example. The the, the one we normally know is those, those who wait, wait upon the Lord, the Lord yeah. will renew their strength. Now, mm-hmm. the Hebrew word there, wait, is kava. Q-A-V-A-H, kava. It's the word wait. Now, before I give you the definition, what do you normally, when you've read this all your life, Andrew Candy, Vivian's here with it. What, what do you normally think of when you hear the word wait? What do you wait upon the Lord? He'll renew your strength. What do you think of, Andrew? Uh, the need to be patient. Okay. That's a good one. Candy? Yeah, I mean, the same. It's just this process of something that's not going to happen maybe right away, but. Yeah. Normally you think of God's sit timing. still, uh, sit down, stand, don't walk. You know, hold back. Okay. Okay, that's normally with how we use the word wait. Stay at the bus station, sit at the terminal. Hey, wait right here for a second. Yes, okay. That is not what the Hebrew word means. Okay. The Hebrew word, you love this. The Hebrew word wait actually means to be intertwined together. It actually means to be bound together. Here's the word picture. It's the word picture of a strand or a string of a rope where you twist the rope together with other pieces of rope to make a bigger rope. Mm-hmm. The, the the strings in and of themselves can be cut or broken or pulled apart. Mm. But when the rope is put, the strings or the strands are put together and intertwined or binded together with the rope to make a thicker rope, it is unbreakable. Now, what does that have to do with the Lord? Let me give you let me give you a real world example. And Andrew, you will remember this from your youth pastor days. Ooh, okay. Do you remember the game we used to play, the three legged race? Oh yeah. Remember that game? Did yeah. you ever play the well, game? I, I don't, not from my youth pastor days, but from like my VBS as an actual kid days. Mm. Is that where you would put the bag on two people's legs and then that's you a, ran? That's a sack race. No, it's a sack race. But that's good too. But that's close. That's, that's close. That's What's close. a three legged race? If if Robbie and I stood side by side, yes. we bound our inside leg together. Yep. Okay, yeah, and that's what I'm thinking. We ran. Okay, yeah. then that's what I'm thinking. Okay. Now think about that visual if you're if you join us. Think of the visual. So <laughs> you and I, two big guys, <laughs> it's not gonna be good. We bind our inner leg either with tape or a cord, and then the race starts. Okay. <laughs> the only way we're gonna be able to run yeah. any kind of distance, much less win the race, that's right. is to do one thing. We gotta be in sync. Key. That's the key. No, not the band. No, no. Bob, like Bob, it's like right Bob, there. Bob. <laughs> that's what I was thinking about singing I'll as we were passing Bob, people Bob, Bob, yeah. running because we're nope. so in sync. That's, that's the thing. That's <laughs> the thing we need to do. We need to be in sync. We need to be walking or running in rhythm. Right. Watch this. To complete the race. If I go too fast and you go slow, we fall. If you go mm-hmm. too fast, if you stop. Okay. That is what the Hebrew word wait means. It means to be in sync or in rhythm. What does this have to do with the passage? When a believer, watch this. When a believer waits upon the Lord, when a believer says, I'm going to trust in God, as the CSB says, they get in rhythm Mm. or in sync with God. What does that mean? You bind yourself to God so closely that when God walks, 
you walk. Right. When God stops or pauses, you stop. When God speeds up, you speed up and run with him. It's only when you wait upon the Lord, that's the promise, or tie yourself to him Mm -hmm. to get in sync with him, do you start to renew your strength? Because the passage makes no sense without that. Like those who wait upon the Lord will walk and, wait a minute, am I supposed to be walking or am I supposed to be waiting? You continue to be an active participant in what God's doing. Yes. You renew your strength. You soar like eagles. You walk and not get tired when you're in sync with God. So we have to change our definition of what it means to wait. It doesn't mean to sit down and do nothing. Right. Far from it, right? It means to be actively connected with God's plan and purpose and promises and word for our life so that when we walk, he's walking with Mm -hmm. us. And the more, watch this, the more we do that, the stronger we become as Christians. That's how you run and not Not grow weary. That's how you live the Christian life and not throw in the towel. Well, you're running in pace with God instead of in pace with yourself or, you know what I'm saying? Like like if I'm walking with my boys, they're they're gonna be able to walk a lot further if they walk in the same pace I do. Because I'm gonna slow down when they need to and I'm gonna speed up when we need to. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, think about how many times you and I have tried to do that and walk either ahead of God, out right. of sync with God, and we wear out. Mm-hmm. When you take say a wrong it's turn. like, oh, take a wrong turn because you're not tethered to God. Right. Yeah, it's good. It's a an act of dependence upon God. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And like, because the only way this can happen and not to be um, pressed down and oppressed and all those things is to depend on God in every situation in our life. Don't you think? Yeah, it's like of this constant releasing of burdens and depending on him, which is why I love the the word the trust. Because mm-hmm, wait yeah. to me mean to me in in my mind means something totally different yeah. than trust. Yeah, totally. In the process of trusting, you do have to wait, right? Because yeah. things are never on our time. Yeah. But I don't know, just I love the word to trust. Yeah. Because and and that that takes a lot of um surrendering in our lives. Yeah. So here's pop quiz as we close. Jesus, I believe, had this concept in mind when he told the disciples in the crowd something about how to combat weariness. Remember, you start to understand these Old Testament passages bring light to the nail. Jesus has a crowd around him. These people are worn out. They're weary. They're heavy laden and they're burdened. Oh, come to me. And Jesus says, let's think about it. Totally different meaning now. When Jesus says, come to me, what? All. All who are weary and heavy laden or burdened or overwhelmed, if you're listening. And I will give you rest for your souls. And here's what he says. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know what a yoke was? It was basically a a contraption, a wooden contraption that had two holes in it that they would put two oxen in. One would be on the right side. Yeah. Do you remember the first? Jim Shaddix. Yeah, Jim Shaddix thought of this. He would come out with this yoke out on the stage and he put his head in and he would say, if you're in it by yourself, you're going to wear out. Oh, yeah. But the cool thing is when Jesus is in the yoke, Mm -hmm. you sometimes walk on your own, that's fine. But many times you can't walk by yourself. And he walks with you. But many times you can't walk at all. And Jesus walks for you. Well, the power of the yoke is when you walk at the same speed, you walk together. You never wear out. Yeah. You never wear out. Yeah. So I don't know where you are today, but I'm just thinking in our, in our study groups and our, our, yeah. our, our groups that are gathering. Think about times that you've gotten worn out and think about times you've gotten ahead of the Lord. 
or maybe got out of sync with God or yeah. went, or, or like you said, took a detour away from God and think of what happened when you mm-hmm. did. And then also think of times when you were in step with God. Right. That's why Paul says, uh, keep in step with the spirit of God. Right. Walk after the spirit of God. Galatians chapter five, when he talks about that list, keep, he said, I try to keep in step with the spirit of God. What he's saying is we're tethered, we're waiting, we're walking, we're intertwined, we're bound mm-hmm. together in sync. Yeah. So you may be listening right now and asking, okay, that sounds great. How do I do that? Uh, Pastor, something you say all the time is we want to get into the word until the word gets into us. Mm-hmm. So I know practically the more I'm in God's word, the easier life is. Not that hard stuff doesn't happen. I mean, trials continue to happen even more so sometimes. But when I'm in the word, yoked to Jesus in that way, it just, everything hits different. And Mm -hmm. it it helps me, you know, have more hope in the hard days and the good days are even better. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. because you know what's expected of you and you know what God's plan is for your life. And so, and there's intimacy with the Lord. Like when you're in the word and you have intimacy with the Lord, it changes totally your perspective on everything. Totally. And, and really and truly, I would say in the study groups too, if you're gonna be talking about this, you need to confess the burdens that you're carrying alone mm. and realize that you do not have to do that. Yeah, that right. is so freeing yeah. to, to, to know that you're not alone in this life that the Lord has given you. And when you can sit before him and just give it to him, mm. you know, like yeah. there is a, release and a freedom in that, that you're not alone in this and that he will carry it for you. Yeah. He says he you gotta will. Give it to him. Yeah. yeah you've got to, you've got to confess what is the burden that you are carrying or you're trying to carry all on your own mm. and enter into that space with God and let him carry that for you, yeah. you know? Release and it, yeah. um, yes, yes. And that's good for your health. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode, Pastor Candy. Thank you. I'm excited as we wind down season three mm. to get into season four and see what all happens. We have some nuggets yeah. the next week or two. I'm yeah, just telling it's gonna you, be good. unbelievable. It's going to be good. Well, yep. we're not quite done yet with no, this season. No. So uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Of course, connect with us on social media. We love hearing your questions and how the podcast is impacting your life at The Forgotten Jesus on Instagram. Uh, and of course, share this with a friend, leave us a review. All that stuff helps us to continue to reach more people and help people dive deep into their journey with Jesus and scripture in this way. So uh, we hope you guys enjoyed it and we'll see you on the next episode.